Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. And the next one is my sweet state of South Carolina. Next week it's Nevada, it's not South Carolina. We love South Carolina, but next week it's Nevada. And I'm pleased to announce we just won Nevada. We just won 100% because all of them, they looked at it and they took polls and I was polling at 95% to 4 or 5% and they decided not to play in the battle. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. What did he What did he say? Was that backwards? Was that backwards masking? Was it jibber-jabber? 704-570-1110. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. I have been waiting nearly 24 hours to get back together with you. Uh, our telephone number is 704-570-1110. Good to be with you uh, on this. Uh, the day after the day where uh, Nikki Haley announced that she is going to continue the, the race and uh, Joe Biden is continuing the race and uh, Donald Trump is continuing the race. And uh, this is what we have in front of us. But before we get into the analysis, because you've heard a lot of the analysis. And, and frankly, let's be honest here. You, you know what what happened last night. You watched what happened last night. We know that the idiots at CNN and MSNBC decided they weren't going to cover uh, the speech or if they did cover some of the speech. Uh, they were going to just uh, make make fun of things and make fun of you and make fun of everybody. Uh, the, the whole the whole shoot and match. But I want to give you something that I believe to be a an absolute undeniable crisis for our country. And you're going to say to me, no way, this is not possible. And I'm telling you right now, way it is possible and it is happening. You know these electric cars that everybody wants you to buy? These electric cars, some of them are $100,000, some of them are $80,000, some of them are, are, are whatever, you know, whatever it is. You don't, you don't really see a lot of those used ones uh, out there. And don't call me and tell me you saw a used one for sale, okay? I believe you. You don't have to call and tell me that. This, though, is something that is shocking out of the Miami Herald. If you have an electric car... You need to change your tires every 7,000 miles. That's according to this story written by Ashley Miznazi. Ashley Miznazi's got this piece today. It was love at first sight when Neil Semmel saw the electric Mercedes EQS 450 Plus at a Pompano Beach dealership. The sedan was the perfect sleek black color his wife wanted, only had 2,200 miles on it, and they both liked the idea of getting away from gasoline. I've always driven combustion engines, and I thought it was time to save the planet, Semmel said. But after less than 5,000 miles of driving around his Boca Raton neighborhood, 
Semmel was shocked to find some essential and very expensive parts were already wearing out. The tires. The tires. So it's got 2,200 miles on it. He puts another 4,000 miles on it. And at 7,000, his tires are wearing out. You have to pay $1,400 or $1,500 to replace the tires. I wouldn't have bought the car. For many drivers of EVs in Florida, the nation's second largest market for electrical vehicles, premature tire wear has become an unexpected black mark on vehicles promoted as green climate friendly vehicles. At EV Garage in Miami, a Sweetwater repair shop that services 90% electric vehicles lead technician jonathan sanchez said tires are the most frequent thing customers come in about no matter what model or make of ev they're driving tire mileage can vary widely of course but he said he frequently changes ev tires at eight to ten thousand miles a fourth or even a fifth of typical tire wear on a gas burning car why From the way the EVs work to the composition of the rubber to the individual driving habits and maintenance practices, but vehicles and tire makers and industry experts are acknowledging the issue. The tire manufacturer Michelin said conventional tires on electric vehicles consume 20% faster tire the, the, the tread. Then on a gas-powered car, a figure commonly cited by EV makers as well, but Goodyear also said they could wear Uh, up to 50% faster. Automakers and the tire industry are working on improvements. That would be good for consumers, but also for the climate. To some extent, running through tires quickly may offset the reduction of damaging emissions that EVs offer. Some studies have shown that tires actually have more particle pollution than exhaust 2,000 times as much. 4 thousand seven thousand ten thousand miles and you got to replace the tires you know there's what's going to happen is like we're going to continue to dig up rubber and to 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 make tires out of rubber and abuse the planet you don't want to abuse the planet with the rubber you want to make sure that that vehicle is friendly to the planet otherwise what's the point why don't they put why don't they put like uh, tank treads? Tank treads don't wear out. They never wear out. Do they wear out? I mean they may rip up the road a little bit, so you just do some hot patches. Tires are rapidly eclipsing the tailpipe as a major source of emissions from vehicles. Wow. Unbelievable. You thought you'd be safe with the rubber tires. And and now the rubber tires are worse than the tailpipe. Wow. Be careful. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I, 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 I'm really, I'm at a loss. I'm, at, I'm aghast at this whole notion of the fact that you can only go like seven, 8,000 miles on your, on, your, on your tires when you have an electric vehicle. Check this little a bit out, and then I'm going to go out on the phone here and talk to John in a quick second. There are a number ex- of explanations for the fast wear from the way EVs work 
to the composition of the rubber to individual driving habits and maintenance practices. But vehicle and tire makers and industry experts acknowledge the issue. And when you get down there, you find out some EV-specific tires are made differently as well to both enhance mileage and range from battery power to offset one standout feature of electric vehicles. The problem is, according to Don Wright, who is a vice president of engineering at Unico, an electric vehicle testing company, he says to address the lack of noise, because, you know, these these electric cars aren't as noisy as gas-powered cars, to address the lack of noise, some premium tires suggested for EV use have softer rubber and have foam injected inside that dampens the sound akin to trading out hard dress shoes for tennis shoes. Those soft textured tires, while quieter, can also wear down faster. Some car companies have also come up with creative ways to address the noise by pumping in artificial or ambient sound. Toyota has a system that simulates a gas engine with a pre-recorded vroom vroom sound pumped through the speakers. Wow, that is juvenile. That is, I want to be able to change the sound. I want to, I want to do like a, maybe a cow, like you hit it, a kazoo, a kazoo. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I want. When I'm hitting that line, that's what I want right there, 100%. All right, let's... uh. Let's jump out and talk to John. John, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. I think the the interesting thing is is that, and I don't know, it wasn't in that article when I saw that article that you saw, mm-hmm. that one of the largest components in the processing of manufacturing tires is fossil fuel oils. Yep. Yep. And so they talk about, you know, they want to save here or there. It's just... It, Totally remarkable, and you were talking about, uh, you know, the foam and stuff, because I just recently was going through a number of companies that handle tires, and, uh, you know, I'm a little bit of an older gearhead, uh-huh. and finding out that, you know, the materials that are being used, because they are related to fossil fuels, the cost of tires has gotten phenomenal. I can remember when I was younger buying a set of four tires for, you know, for the whole four tires, maybe two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars. Sure. Now each tire. Yes. And I was looking at a couple. There are tires that are up to six hundred dollars a piece for cars. Well, we used to see the ads in the newspaper, and they would actually have the price of those tires. Now you don't find out till you go in and get them done, and you go, "Wait a minute, okay, really that much?" Uh, you're, you're you're spot on with this. This is look. This is becoming a Rube Goldberg, where we're just going to build something way too complicated to try to get get us to to a place where we're going to end up being poorer. I, 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 this how come Joe Biden doesn't talk about this? How come uh, Buttigieg doesn't talk? How come the companies don't talk about well, this? Well, they don't. They don't need. To, for number one, they don't drive a car. I mean, I'm sure that they, I think it's interesting. I would love to know how many of our representatives in Congress do not drive themselves to the, you know, to the Capitol building. And I bet you it's close to 90%. Okay, but let's take it out and and extrapolate here, right? Because we know Elon Musk and other other people with these vehicles um, are looking to do trucks. Can you imagine how expensive the, the, the semi-truck is going to be? The tires on a semi-truck, an 18-wheeler on a semi-truck? That, it's going to be prohibitively expensive. Well, they just have to pass that along. And no. they did an interest, 
<laughs> they just interesting did an article about a company that does you know is trying to con- because a lot of the companies are in California are being forced to convert over and they were saying that normally where the trucks locally in certain cities could travel and make 12 to 16 or more 20 deliveries uh-huh. they're barely being able to make 6 to 8 deliveries because wow. they have to charge the truck so often because of the weight wow Wow. See, great, great call. John, terrific call. I appreciate you being out there, my friend. Thank you for checking in with us. Uh-huh. You're very welcome. I, that, was, that was really phenomenal. Have I got time? I got time to be fair real quick here, right? Okay. Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Oh, hey, Brett. How you doing? I'm well, thanks. Uh, uh, I was just following up on uh, your topic there with the EVs and the tires. Yes. Uh, John, and you are correct. Uh, tires are made out of synthetic rubber which is 100% comes out of a barrel of oil nowadays. Um, and as far as their life expectancy, you have to remember a couple of things. The average EV vehicle, uh, car for car, uh, weighs more, mm-hmm. sometimes as much as 30 to 40% more than a gasoline-equivalent car, roughly the same size. Mm-hmm. And what engineers have to do, and this is kind of, well, it gets behind the scenes a little bit, but when you're driving a gasoline or diesel pickup truck down the road and you take your foot off the gas pedal, yes, the vehicle goes into coast. It coasts down the road. Right. You know, it'll eventually downshift and everything else. Not so with an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. When you're driving your electric vehicle down the road, when you take your foot off the gas pedal, those electric motors that were propelling the vehicle now turn into generators, which are generating power to go back to the battery pack. The problem with that is that means the tires are under a traction friction mode their entire usage while they're on the vehicle oh and the minute you get in that car and go to drive it down the road you're you're spinning those wheels immediately like it's just like bang there's no ramp up no it's i mean the the torque on an electric motor is yeah it's very phenomenal it's crazy straight up oh my gosh which is one of the reasons why the electric cars can accelerate so fast yeah this is but they do the same thing reverse one of the hardest things to engineer when you were doing the designing of the electric motors and everything else through the inverter system is how do you decelerate without going from, like, 50 to zero? Oh, and through the, the windshield. The acceleration curve was the hardest part of the software design when you oh, were designing the cars. Mark, great stuff. Thank you for, for calling in today. I appreciate you being there, my friend. No, no problem. Have what? a good day. You got it. That's Mark. I'm Brett. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterville Show. I want to uh, make a turn towards the primary that took place last night in uh, in New Hampshire, and I want to welcome to the show Robert, who's got uh, thoughts on this before I, uh, I, I I do a deep dive. Uh, Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brett. For giving, uh, thank you for giving me the uh, first shot at it. You bring it every night, dog. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. It's true. Um I uh, I like Nikki. A lot of people like Nikki. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'd love to see her as VP with Trump. I think that would be an unbeatable ticket. I think she will drop out very shortly. I would not be surprised at all if she drops out today after talking with her with her family uh, and her her advisors, et cetera. It'll ultimately come down to to her choice, as it should. It's such a big decision. I know it's got to be very hard to drop out. She to come in second in this race uh, should give her a tremendous amount of uh of capital if she plays your cards right and should just 
almost give her a carte blanche uh, for whatever she wants to do in the future, uh, whether it be within the Trump administration. Hopefully he will win, of course, or whether she wants to to run again. And, of course, I think the Senate will be in a good position to run again as well. So well, just my thoughts. I, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of analysis. I think basically the race is over, and uh, I certainly hope Trump can can defeat can uh, defeat Biden. Let's yeah, let's wait and see what what comes of this. No doubt about that. Um, I appreciate you uh, calling in, Robert. Thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. Now let me so let me unpack a couple of things here. All right, uh, one of the most important stories uh, affiliated with this, what we're seeing uh, taking place here is the idea of um, who it is that voted for Nikki Haley last night in New Hampshire. All right. Uh, I have a uh, I have a, a cut I, I gave you. It's, it's one of the uh, earlier ones. And it's um, the Democrat uh, voter who voted for Nikki Haley. This was an interview being done with CNN last night. Uh, I, I watch all the different channels when, when the coverage is happening. I don't just stay on Fox because I want to see what, what else is being talked about. And so this, uh, this reporter uh, approached a, a, a man who had registered from being a Democrat to a Republican for the purposes of the primary last night. And listen to how this conversation goes. Nikki Haley. And why did you vote for Nikki Haley? Uh, it's a vote against Trump. Uh, I think it would be better to have her against Biden in the uh, elections than it would be Trump and her. Do you consider yourself generally independent, Republican, or Democrat? Uh, Democrat. So when you undeclared, you voted for Nikki Haley. If it was Nikki Haley against Joe Biden in the general election, who are you voting for? Joe Biden. So something on the order of 70% of those people who crossed over to vote for Nikki Haley are Democrats. And they, they want to see Joe Biden become the nominee. And they're going to support him as the nominee in the uh, in the general election. So this this idea and I, I don't know where this comes from, this idea that Nikki Haley has a superpower that can win against Joe Biden. They are going to eviscerate her and they're going to eviscerate Trump. They're going to eviscerate whoever the vice president is for Trump. If it's Nikki Haley, they're going to turn her into, you know, um, Ava Braun. They're going to turn Trump into Hitler. They did that from the earliest parts of, of his campaigns anyways. Um, the, these, are, the, these are people who are playing for keeps. Now, what are they playing for keeps? What is it that they want? What is it that they're trying to do? They want to fundamentally transform America. That's what it is. What you see happening right now is what is going to happen for the next, what, four, four, six years, eight years? It's going to be this bad. The border is going to be open. The transgender uh, agenda is going to continue to be top of mind uh, for the activist classes. Uh, this is this is where this is going to go. We are going to continue to suck up to tin pot dictators around the world and you're going to have to get on your knees every night and pray to God that that Biden or more likely who the president will actually be in Kamala Harris isn't going to send your son or daughter halfway around the world for 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 no good purpose. Right. So. Donald Trump has one term 
and I was listening last night to Ralph, uh, uh, to Ralph North, uh, not Northam, uh, Norman. I was listening to him talk to to uh, the folks over on Fox, and he made a good point. He's back in Nikki Haley. The reason why he's back in Nikki Haley is because he says, "Listen, Trump's going to get three years as a as a president." Three years, because that that last year is a burn year. That's an election year. And they'll just sidle him and put him off to the side at that stage of the game. He he was supporting Nikki Haley because he said, look, I want to get eight years out of this. I, we have to fix this mess. We have to fix the border. We got to do all those sorts of things. No matter how you try to slice this, whoever you nominate, you could have nominated Chris Christie. You, you could nominate a, a Chris Christie ticket with Nikki Haley and they would make him into the second coming of Lucifer. They hate you. You have to understand that the cable channels with a couple of exceptions and the university systems, the broadcast networks, Silicon Valley, they hate your guts and it doesn't matter you could have nancy pelosi running as the vice president with nikki haley they will still torch you 24 7 365 trust me i I know this to be the case News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Whittable Show. Good to be with you. Let's uh, jump out and talk to Tara. Tara, welcome to the program. Hey, hey Brett. I, I think I'm in the same position that I was in a few years ago where, well, I did vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to vote for him again, but I think we're going to lose because people, you got the never-Trumpers, and then you got really high-end People that just will never, ever vote for him. So we're going to have it again where they're not voting for Biden, which Biden thinks people like him. They didn't vote for him. They vote against Donald Trump last time. I see it repeating the same time, same way this time. I really do. Well, I I hate that we're America and we have two old geezers. A lot of people feel that way. A lot of people feel that way. And look. And, and, And we can't write in. Let's be real. I know all these independent. Thank you, Pete. But. You can write in Donald Duck or whoever, Ronald McDonald, your best friend. That doesn't help us out. You're, you're voting against, you're voting for Joe Biden if you're a Republican or if you're independent, you're voting for Joe Biden if you write somebody in. Well, that, 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 that is true. I mean, you have to, it's a, it really is a binary. Absolutely. It's a binary choice. You have to choose something or just like you just say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to vote. Piss away your vote, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go hide. I'm going to go hide. Yeah, I'm going to go hide. You know, I'm going to go hide under the covers and tell everybody I told. They think very highly of themselves. The independents say, like, I'll write in so and so, and I'll show you. Yeah, you did show us, and lost it last time. I dare say the independents will lose it for us again this time. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I I have thought about this for a long period of time, and it's something I'm I'm trying to, to flesh out in my mind. And here, here's what it is. First of all, there are not that many independents. People people will tell you they're independent because they feel like that makes them elevate themselves above the <laughs> rabble of people who believe in a political a political party. Right. That's that's, a, that, that's all that is. It's just like when Rush would look for people who would say, 
hey, uh, let, let's hear from the moderates today. You would never get phone calls from moderates because there's really not any moderates out there. There's people that swing squishy this way, squishy that way, but but nobody's an avowed moderate. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a militant moderate. That's not possible. But here's the thing that— I just equate them, I equate them to the vegans of the world. Let's just well, but the vegans are healthy. The moderates are, are conflicted. The vegans are healthy when they're eating in front of people. They're 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 weather vanes. The the the, the, the moderates are weather vanes. They'll just go with where the wind blows, and you know, I mean, that's that's what ends up happening. Great great observation though, uh, Tara. I appreciate the call, my friend. Thank you very much. You got it. Uh, that was good stuff from from Tara. So, I was sitting back and I was de- deconstructing the notion of make America great again, and I'm not I'm not going like a. I'm not doing a Rachel Maddow riff or anything like that, but it strikes me that from time to time we will have a situation where uh, we restore some particular thing in our culture, in our politics, whatever that is. Right? You think about Ronald Reagan coming in after what you had with the uh, the, the, the 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 Carter administration. You think about JFK winning the presidency in 1960, okay? And and it was the it was the moment of Camelot and all that sort of stuff. America, from its inception, has been a forward-looking country. It really has. This is a country that has grown over time. This is a country that has has excelled, right? We, we went to the moon and brought people safely back to the earth. Um, we invented the internet. Uh, television was invented in Mexico, but it was done properly in the United States by creating a huge industry of, of, of media and entertainment. Hollywood, the same thing. And then, of course, you can even uh, look at, obviously, Silicon Valley and and uh, all, all those sorts of, uh, of, of things, all those improvements to the qualities of life. It's always been a forward-looking place. We, our country's always been a forward-looking place where we look for the next tomorrow and we go and pursue our dreams. But here's the, here's the issue that we're looking at here, okay? What is the purpose of restoration without, at the same time, plowing new ground? You... you you would never say we're going to make a football team great again by keeping people who are past their prime um, or by keeping people who have been injured or keeping people who have died. You're always going to look for the next star to come up onto your team. Right? You have Tom Brady for 20, 22 years, 23 years. Fine. That's an anomaly. If you want to be consistently good, in, in, in sports, if you want to be consistently good when you're investing, if you, you have to be looking forward. It doesn't mean you abandon the tenets of what you believe. What it means is you and I need to be with our eyes wide open for the, the thing that we can next use, next do, when it comes to the competition of the idea. I don't like driving a car through the rear view mirror. I like looking out of the front of the car. The, 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 rear, the rear window is smaller than the windshield for a reason. 
I want to see what's coming next, what's happening next. Now, is Nikki Haley what's happening next, what's coming next? Well, you could make an argument about Nikki Haley that she was in the administration with Donald Trump back that came into office in 2017. So she's kind of like old news, too. Not an old person, but she's a known quantity. Where are the new ideas? Where are the new challenges that we can conquer? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBC. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. It is great to be with you. Coming up, got a, a great guest we're going to be uh, speaking with. Two great guests, by the way, in one hour. In the same hour. Dr. Ashley Lucas, one of my favorite people. And uh, we're going to get perspective from my very good friend, Jeff Lord, uh, on, on what's happening with these elections. But... Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, please do not forget. Listen to Good Morning BT for your chance to win tickets to Bob Dylan's Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour Sunday, March 17th, 2024, 8 p.m. at the Belt Theater in uh, Charlotte. Tickets at BobDylan.com, BobDylan.com. And uh, general on sale will take place Friday, January the 26th at 10 a.m., but uh, you can win those tickets if you are paying close attention and listening to Good Morning BT, which you should be doing anyways at all times, for sure. A question came in from Martin wanting to know how is it possible that uh, a president could run for president three times? A president can run for president three times because um, while Donald Trump ran in 2016 and in 2020, he is running in 2024 because he did not win in 2020. So there there is a precedent for this. I think it was I think it was Teddy Roosevelt who won two terms split because I think he ran. I think he, he became a he was a Republican and then he became a bull mooser. Uh, so that 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 is something that that, that comes to mind. Um, apparently, there's not a lot of stuff to do. So you, you want to run for a third time. I would say. I would if I were running for president, the, the, the best way you can possibly handle running for the presidency is one and done. You do one term and you're like, see you guys later. And then you know what happens? Immediately, those people around you are, are desperate to try to, well, do the good work that you did. Nixon ran three times from Jon Stewart. So that's that's also true. He did run three times. But there's no prohibition of running three times. And by the way, it wasn't until FDR, like I, I talk about two of the, the great Democrats of the, of, of the last century, LBJ and FDR. Those two people, okay, those two people, well, FDR won four times. Four times. LBJ was a one-termer. He wanted to be a two-termer. He was a one-termer. And that's uh, that's how you ended up with uh, the current crisis. 
Not really, but just that feels like something should be said like that at the end of the conversation. And that brought about the current crisis. Uh, let's go out and talk to Jack. Hello, Jack. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm well, thank you. Hey, I just want to make a quick comment, man. Uh, you know, all the talk about New Hampshire. Uh, Trump Trump uh, won, a, uh, won New Hampshire in, 2000, uh, in the election in 2020, and more than likely he's going to win it again. Uh, very possible. Very possible. So with all the talk about what went on in New Hampshire, Trump ends up winning the, uh, winning, winning the state anyway. Uh, in the general election? Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the general election. Uh, that's po- it's possible. We have, to, we have to wait and see how this goes. Yeah, what do you think? Um, it's tough because you've got a lot of people who have moved in from Massachusetts and, uh, you've got a lot of Pinko commie leftists that go up there that like to take advantage of the taxes because they're not living their uh, values by paying higher taxes in Massachusetts. And, um, and so that, that's, that's the great challenge, uh, in that regard. Um, you have a lot of liberals that, that like the low crime, the low taxes, um, but they don't want to live their values. So I, I don't, um, I don't personally trust uh, anybody from Massachusetts who's uh, relocating to a place, um, uh, in, unless they can really quantify why they're going. Well, it was just my comment. You know, all the hoopla going on the last week and the yesterday regarding Mass, uh, regarding you know what the Republican primary looks like in Massachusetts. I yeah. mean, in New Hampshire. And then at the end of the day, you know, Trump wins wins the state. He 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 did. He won. He well. He won. He won that side of the ballot. Yes, he won the Republican side. Uh, Biden won the won the Democrat side. That's true. Yeah, but but Biden's going to. But my prediction is that Biden's going to win the state in the general election. Is what I'm saying. Well, because of all the people that are moving in from Massachusetts. That's exactly right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. That's all I wanted to say, man. Okay. Yeah, are you okay? You seem you seem a little uncertain. Are you okay? Oh no, I'm good. I'm good, man. I, I wish we had better choices. Uh, you know, as far as the elections concerned. Who, who did you want? Who did you want? Who, if you had a, a, your pick of the litter, uh, who would who would you be supporting right now? You mean as far as if I just pulled out a candidate? You pulled out a candidate. Like you pulled out a candidate. Yeah, yeah. A model, a model candidate, uh, hypothetically. <laughs> That's tough. I don't think we have a model candidate, but I, I would, I would like to. See, if I were, if I were choosing a candidate right now, I'd probably, probably choose Gavin Newsom. Man, dynamite! He's done such a great job in in California. I mean, the streets are covered in in urine and feces. Uh, kids can't go to school, and there's 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 hypodermic needles on the streets. I mean, what what a, what a great pick! That's a really phenomenal pick. I say go with that. You should encourage, um, you sh- you you should encourage Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. to take Gavin Newsom as his veep, and you should have um, Joe Biden go out and yank one of the liberal justices of the Supreme Court and replace that justice with Kamala Harris, which I do think that's what's going to happen. The entire reason why you're getting a massive head-on attack uh, on Clarence Thomas is there is a desire to uh, to impeach and remove Clarence Thomas uh, out on the left and to replace him with, um, with, with somebody that, that would be uh, a, a real bright, shining light. People from California are smarter than anybody else. You just ask them that; they'll tell you. Um, and I think uh, I think uh, Kamala Harris would really fit that bill. Uh, she would really fit that bill. I, I you know, I I, I, ra- I ran through that question too quickly with him. I meant to ask him um, when Joe Biden says crazy things, like he said earlier in the program. We we were playing that that clip. We understand, right? It's age. He he just that's that's what happens. What's the excuse for the vice president? I don't know. 
I don't I don't know. He wanted Gretch. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. It is a pleasure to be here with you today, and I am thrilled to welcome back to my show. It's been far too long. Uh, Dr. Ashley Lucas from PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. Uh, Dr. Ashley Lucas, a very happy new year to you, my friend. Happy new year to you. It is a uh, it is a pleasure to have you on this program, and and I was having a conversation with a couple of my peers and my friends and and and, and all of that, and we were coming up with a with, with a, a theory about something, and it's this: people decide this time of year is the time to change their their lives, change their bodies, pick up new habits, do things like that, um, but they get they get. Um, they get discouraged kind of quickly, right? They, they, they feel like they're kind of floundering and, and doing all that sort of stuff. They're, they're not achieving what they're trying to achieve. One of the things I thought about instantly was what you all do over at PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. Because what I guess is missing is support as opposed to going it alone and, and hoping that you're going to maybe get this right. It, it, who, who's right? Or, am, am I right about that? I think you're right, Brett. <laughs> I think you're spot on. It's, it's, interesting. It's, it's difficult to make sustainable change on your own, and that's why you know, statistics show that 95% of diets we do on our own fail, mm-hmm. just like our New Year's resolution. I think last week was quote-unquote quitter's day because <laughs> most true. people give up on their resolutions within about three to four weeks, which is wild, don't you think? It is. It is. It's, it's, it's incredible. It. And, and if you try to do it in isolation and, and you don't have support from people, um, you just it's, it's easy to just walk away from it, right? It's easy to just say, okay, I'm, I'll try it yeah. again next year. Right? It's easy to get frustrated because mm-hmm. dropping weight is very complicated. We've been told over and over again that we just need to eat less and move more, that it's our fault that we're fat and sick and, and we just need to put less in our mouth. But I will say from helping over 7,000 people, Wow. In the last 15 plus years, that it's much more complicated than that. And, you know, I think every successful person in their business or in the sport that they practice has a coach, someone from the outside that can really tell you the truth and help you hear the things that you might not want to hear. And for some reason, there's this negative connotation around getting support for dropping weight. We feel like we should do it on our own. But it's no different than, you know, optimizing a sport or um, optimizing your business. It's about optimizing your health and leveling up and collapsing time and having someone with an outside perspective be able to tell you really what you need to hear and look at it from outside angles that you likely won't see if you're trying to analyze yourself. That's so, that's so profound and so important. Um... Because that's the structure. That's 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 the key to the success that that, that we're we're talking about here. I remember the first time I met you in person, and and it was mm-hmm. it was up at up at up at the new location at Lake Norman, and yes. you and I were having a conversation, and you were saying to me, uh, you said, "Hey, so like, what do you what do you eat as a snack? Like, what do you what do you have as a snack?" And I said to you, uh, "You know, before I go to bed, I'll, I'll have an apple and a little bit of peanut butter on it." And and I remember you looked at me and you said. Wait, that's not really a that's like that's not a plan. You don't you don't want to be that's not the kind of stuff that you want to be eating before you're going to bed. You want to be doing different different stuff like that. We got into this deep conversation and I was I was transfixed on 
the the science of what you do and and all of that it was it was it really stuck with me all the way home i was thinking about it and um it, it was it was that pivot point when i decided okay i needed the support to get rid of the 10 pounds and and it was it was remarkable yeah there's a ton of misinformation out there when it comes to nutrition diet weight loss everyone professes to be a nutrition expert mm-hmm. there's powders and pills and these new injections, and everyone seems to know the best way. And we're, you know, pushed to certain agendas, like that new Netflix documentary, You Are What You Eat, which is really just an agenda that they're trying to push to um, get us to all be vegan, which I don't believe is the best route for the majority of us when we're looking for optimal health. So it is so tricky out there, and you really have to find the good people in this field, which are far and few between, but there are many great ones that are sharing the good information and the right information, but you do have to navigate your way and, and get yourself into a good community. Visiting with uh, with Dr. Ashley Lucas from uh, PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, um, one of the things that struck me the most was when I got the opportunity to sit down with the coaches that you have. And uh, being supported, it's not like get, getting sent to the principal's office and you're going to get a lecture. It's it's like having an actual coach, as if you were a football coach or you were a basketball coach showing me how to throw uh, a, a good free throw or something like that. That's what was so cool because your team is so supportive, understanding, and really great at helping you to kind of pivot here, pivot there, so that you're doing it exactly uh, what's best for, for, for your body. Can you talk a little bit about that, uh, Dr. Ashley Lucas? Well, first of all, I'm glad that you had that experience, and many of our, our all of our clients have that similar experience as well. If you uh, go check out our website, you'll see a, over a 1,000 near five-star reviews, and a lot of them talk about the team being so, so supportive. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the people who serve you, you know, through PhD are important is because I think 80% of any life change and weight loss definitely falls into that category, comes from the mind, the mental, emotional, the habit, behavior. And so a lot of the issues around dropping weight and then regaining it is because we don't dive in deep to the reasons why we eat the way we do. We don't get into our triggers and our sabotaging thoughts Mm -hmm. when 80% of this is mental. And so, you know, I would encourage anyone listening to this, to, and if your goal is to lose some weight and keep it off for good, to make sure you, you're doing the deeper work, that you're, you're tackling the mental and emotional aspects and that you're truly creating a new habits so that it allows for actual sustainable change. Otherwise, you're going to find that the minute you're, you're done with your program or you're done with the injections or whatever it might be that you're doing, the weight just comes right back on. And that's so frustrating. Then we think that we're a failure when really it has nothing to do with you. It's just that the, the methods were antiquated and didn't support the mental and emotional change that's needed as well. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you, you provide us the food. Um, it's, it's a no brainer. You, you know what you're having. It's great food. It is great nutrition. I I never went to bed hungry. I never woke up, you know, craving uh, bad stuff. It's just, it's an incredible transformation that takes place over time. And I can't say uh, enough about how great this, this program was. And you get support with, uh, you, you get support with, uh, with listening to, to messaging and things like that at night. It's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so 24, seven, 365, you're, you're in, 
you're in that great mode where you're going to be set for 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 success. Um, if people want to reach out to you, uh, they they should reach out to you. You have two great locations, Pineville and Lake Norman, and they should uh, give you give you your team a call right now. Nine eight zero three zero six twenty one hundred. Nine eight zero three zero six twenty one hundred. Or go to the website, beautiful website, myphdweightloss.com, myphdweightloss.com. I'll give you a final uh, word here, uh, Dr. Lucas. Um, your, 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 your perspective for these folks and, and your confidence that they're going to be successful. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you come in with the, the desire to change, you know, your, your desire to change has to outweigh your desire to stay the same. Then we'll help you with the rest. So you bring your A game, and we bring ours, and oh my gosh, the results, the transformation is is truly amazing. So um, you just got to bring the desire, and, and we'll help you with the rest. That's absolutely right. MyPhDWeightLoss.com. Dr. Ashley Lucas, I love catching up with you. I can't wait for our next visit. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Brad. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Got a big announcement coming tomorrow. Big announcement tomorrow. It's going to involve uh, something I'm going to do and that you can do with me. How about that for the tip? That's the tip right there. Uh, Doomsday Clock says that AI is the biggest threat to any of us right now. Did you? Do you guys believe this? The AI is the biggest threat to any of us right now. Are you afraid of the AI, or as I call it, the IE? Breitbart's got the story. (laughs) Apocalypse now-ish. Apocalypse now-ish. Doomsday clock flags existential threats of nuclear war, climate disasters, and AI. The end is nigh. So says a science-oriented advocacy group that Tuesday pointed to its famous doomsday clock that shows 90 seconds to midnight and the Earth nearing an apocalypse. The The BAS, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, made the annual pronouncement rating how close humanity is to tumbling over the precipice of doom and destruction, according to the Associated Press. Cited the nuclear threat in Russia's war on Ukraine, as well as the October 7th Hamas terrorist attack on Israel and the war in Gaza, worsening climate predictions and danger from the generative artificial intelligence. Last year, we expressed amplified concern by moving the clock to 90 seconds to midnight, the closest to global catastrophe it's ever been. That's what Rachel Bronson, CEO of the Bulletin Group, said. The risks from last year continue with unabated veracity and continue to shape this year. So it's, it's, it's all this stuff 
that has actually been created by mankind. Right? War. Mankind created war. Uh, nuclear war. Man, mankind created nuclear war. And, of course, uh, AI uh, is, is the main threat for all of us. It's just going to wipe us all out. Now, how is AI going to wipe us out? And by the way, is it because Joe Biden is president that it's that that income inequality is not one of the uh, threats to humanity? I would think that income inequality is one of the threats to humanity. Why, why is that not something that people are worried about? Why are we not getting the story of the threat from 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 income inequality? Because we are told that that's like one of the most important issues out there. Period. Full stop. But it's 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 not sexy anymore. It's not the sexy topic. It used to be sexy when uh, Joe Biden was on the outs. And now that he's on the ins, he doesn't have to worry about that. But you know what he's doing? This is this is very interesting. And I can't for the life of me make any sense of this. He's going to go on a trip. Joe Biden is getting ready to take a major trip. Cut number twenty eight. If you're a fan of Toto, you'll understand why Joe Biden's going to be playing it constantly on the airplane ride to this place. Look, it is the president's commitment to go to the continent as it relates to a timeline, a date. I don't have that to share with you at this time, but we wanted to lift up the cabinet secretaries, as we have also said that we would see an influx of cabinet secretaries traveling to the continent, which is what you're seeing. And the president is very much wants to uh, wants to go to uh, to the to the continent. Obviously, one of the reasons why we lifted up in the topper uh, today is because the president wanted to show his commitment uh, to the continent of Africa. I mean, Joe Biden's going to Africa. Joe Biden's going to Africa. He's taking the whole crew with them to Africa. I hear the drums that go in tonight. She hears only whispers of some I mean, this is incredible. He hasn't been to East Palestine. He hasn't been to the border. He's going to Africa. I think he knows he's going to lose the election. So he's going to all these places he always wanted to go to. Palestine. Not East Palestine. You know, he's going all over the place. This guy's going all over the place. He's going to Africa. Why didn't he go to the World Economic Forum? He did not go to the World Economic Forum. Why didn't he go there and give a big speech, take a big victory lap, all that sort of stuff? But yeah, he's going to go. He's going to Africa with like his whole team. That was the announcement. That's a huge announcement. Like that's a massive announcement. Um, cut number twenty-six. When he was asked for comment about why he wants to go to all these different places, like yesterday it was Virginia. Uh, soon it will be Africa. Here's here's what he said. He, they, they, they asked him the question, and here's the uh, answer, cut 27. We'll teach Donald Trump an, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. Don't mess with the women of America unless you want to get a benefit? Is that What is that, like code? Don't mess with the women of America unless you want to go get a benefit. I need that again. I, I really think that's what he's saying at the end. I think he's actually saying, don't mess with the women of America or you're going to get a benefit. We'll teach Donald Trump a, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women of America unless you want to get the benefit. 
What is the benefit you would get if you mess with the women of America? Cut out the jibber jabber. I mean, this is this is the problem. Mess with the women of America unless you want to get the benefit. I mean, that it clears a day to me. I mean, just absolutely as clear as a day to me. Wow. But don't do it. Don't mess with the women of America unless you want to get a benefit. It must mean something. Is it code? Is it, is it the code word? John has a long mustache. The chair is against the wall. Those were the go codes for D-Day. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, Brett Witterbull, and happy to welcome back to the program, I think for, for the first time this year, Jeffrey Lord. You know him from his tremendous work at the American Spectator, Newsmax contributor, and of course, um, we also love his work uh, there at the White House with the, uh, with, the, with the Gipper. Good to have you back, Jeff. How are you? Well, I'm great. You know, the great thing about a new year every year is you grow younger by a year. It's just amazing how that happens. <laughs> That's right. It's amazing. We're, 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 <laughs> we're on our way to 18 at any moment here. Um, help me understand what it is we're seeing play out with the, uh, the, the Trump versus Nikki Haley thing. And is there any possibility that these two would possibly team up uh, to take on Joe and Kamala? Well, what are your thoughts on this, Jeff? Uh, well, what I'm led to believe from listening, I mean, for example, hearing Don Jr. say a couple of weeks ago that, uh, you know, she wouldn't be on the ticket or he was opposed to having her on the ticket. Uh, there is going to be that sentiment, uh, presumably starting with uh, President Trump himself. Uh, that said, I, uh, you know, is there an outside possibility? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think more likely, I think it's pretty clear that he wants to have a woman on the ticket with him mm-hmm. and i you know he's he's got a uh, an embarrassing uh, stream of riches there i mean you know his former press secretary uh, uh sarah huckabee yep. sanders now the governor of arkansas governor Nome from south dakota elise stefanik mm-hmm. from uh new york who's the you know the part of the house leadership uh Senator Marsha Blackburn from mm-hmm. Tennessee. I mean, I think any one of those people. Uh, it, and, you know, it helped him enormously that he's been president. And I can tell you on one occasion, I was there to see him with some colleagues from the American Spectator. And we was just us in the Oval Office there for a while and chatting. And then we went on to other things. And who just walked in but Mike Pence. Oh, wow. And sat in on the rest of the conversation and all that. And it was very clear to me that at least at that point, they had a very good relationship and that uh, Pence was very much a part of what went on in the White House. Mm -hmm. So that said, I think that he knows, he, President Trump, knows the kind of person exactly that he wants. One, somebody who's qualified to be president. But two, somebody that he feels very comfortable with in the day-to-day uh, back and forth of the administration. And I think, uh, you know, any number of those women might fit that bill. And also, I would add to the list, uh, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. For sure, for sure. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so I think that's sort of the competitive field here, and we'll see how that uh, works out. Let me take you to the other side of the card, um, where you have a, a president who, uh, surprise, surprise, suddenly today, 
they're announcing he's going to make a trip to Africa, I, I guess, and, and go go see the continent, as they call it. Um, this 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 is an administration that is very unpopular. He's underwater in a variety of ways. And yet we're led to believe that if Donald Trump is the nominee, Joe Biden is going to smite him. I mean, this is this is this is something that's that's incredible to me, given the case, the, what's going on with the border, with the economy, um, inflation, uh, all, all that sort of stuff. This this country is in chaos right now, Jeffrey. Yeah, the things that you've just named are exactly what is the weakness here for the Biden administration. Uh, you know, I'm always of the belief with James Carville that it's the economy, stupid. Um, and I think that's true. But I must say, the, the absolute chaos and mess that's at the border oh. is really giving that issue a run for its money. Um, you're starting to see this turn up in polls. People are really unhappy with it. And people all across the country are starting to have to live with the consequences. Places like New York City and Chicago and uh, other places uh, run by Democratic mayors, um, they've got a, a real problem on their hands with this. And uh, I, it's not going away anytime soon in, in terms of what they're trying to do, not trying to do, is more the, the uh, attitude here with, with all of this. This stuff is just going on and on and on and it and it's very bad stuff and when you see uh the, i forget her name but the the mother of the young daughter who was slain by murdered by an m13 yeah ter- terry noble uh, uh, terry nobles yes uh-huh yeah i mean how horrific is that awful awful uh you know what what is that guy doing and i don't know uh, doing in the country and i don't know if you saw this business uh and and i don't know what to make of it other than that it's a threat but some reporter or somebody had, you know, was talking to one of these illegal yep. migrants around the border. And the guy said to him, you don't know who I am, do you? Well, you should and you will soon. Frightening. I, fr- fr- I mean, it's, it's, what, is what does that, that mean? Yeah, what is that, Osama, Osama's nephew? I mean, honestly, I mean, what are, what are we looking at here? Um, and, and yet... And yet the Supreme Court comes in and rules and says, oh, no, no, you, they, they, can cut the, they can cut the razor wire at the border. Well, you know, th- there are provisions for states to defend their, their sovereignty, right, Jeff? I mean, that's, 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 yeah, that's a hugely that's, important point. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I just, it just boggles my mind. Uh, why, does it, why do any states have a National Guard? <laughs> yeah, r- r- you know? exactly right on. So... So, uh, I mean, this is this is not good at all. You know, and I think one of the things that uh, I remember years ago, I had when I was working for President Reagan, mm-hmm. of all people, uh, President, former President Nixon was in Washington for the funeral of Arthur Burns, his one-time chief of the Federal Reserve, right. and he put in a request for the Reagan political staff to get together with him, which we did. And I remember distinctly, uh, how he was talking about the appointment of Supreme Court justices. And and he said quite seriously that you, you have to be very careful that somebody uh, is not more concerned about the, you know, the elite dinner set in Georgetown <laughs> mm-hmm. when they make their Supreme Court decisions than in actually upholding the Constitution and the law. Wow. And that went through my mind when I saw this. This <laughs> is really quite something. Un- unbelievable. Uh, Jeffrey Lord, uh, we appreciate you coming by on the program. It's been far too long, and I look forward to many, uh, many more conversations with you between now and when we get to that. I, I will line. tell you. I will tell you, Brett, what I tell everybody. 
buckle in. <laughs> Absolutely. 286 days, Jeff. That's all we got to ride. So That's it. <laughs> Be well, my friend. I appreciate you, buddy. All right. Thank thanks. You so much. Yeah, you Bye-bye. got it. That's Jeffrey Lord checking in. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff coming up. Uh, Bo Thompson is going to join us next. We'll talk about a number of things. Uh, Diane's on hold. If, if you could possibly hold on, that would be great, Diane. Um, and much, much more. News Talk 1110 Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Winterville Show. You know what this song means? It means it's bow time. Bo Thompson joining us here from Good Morning BT. Hello, Bo Thompson. How are you? Hey, man. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you as well. Um, what do we think about this election run that's going to uh, take place one day removed from New Hampshire? I was thinking about earlier today. Felt a little anticlimactic. I, I, I don't know any other word but or whatever phrase to use other than that. Um, how about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't sure whether Haley would stick around after last night. Um, and as we said this morning, the numbers that we thought it would take for her to stick around don't match up. So uh, she's got a, a, a tall order ahead. And, you know, if even if I mean, she's sticking around, she's got a, a rally at Charleston tonight. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess we'll get a, a window into sort of where she's thinking, having processed this 24 hours later. But I mean, even if she's able to stick it out for a, a few more rounds, uh, it looks like we're headed towards a rematch of Biden and Trump. And as you and I have talked about, and we talked to Beth about uh, a bit, it, it means that that even if it wasn't over last night, for all intents and purposes, it's going to be over soon. And the traditional battles that we're used to watching and, and, and reporting on and reacting to are going to be few and far between compared to what a normal traditional election year is. See, to, to me, what's what's uncomfortable about this is you, you and I are political junkies, admittedly. Right. We love we love following the ebbs and the flows of the races, whether it's local, state, federal, what have you. And this thing being over so quickly is sort of akin to when you pay for a, a pay-per-view boxing match and there's a knockout. 30 seconds into the into the into the boxing match and it's uh you just paid your $99 for the fight you know i mean uh, i i was expecting i think a little more i i was expecting maybe to see kamala harris uh show up up in up in new hampshire but they 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 seem to just be very managed over there at the white house in terms of uh putting anybody out there to 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 contact with people i understand that they're dealing with the the, the hamas protesters i understand you know, there's a number of challenges out there, but but holy cow, this feels like a super managed reality that we're going to be living under for the next 200 and uh, what, 83 days or whatever it is. 
You wanted it to go the distance, and instead it looks like it's going to be June 27, 1988. Uh, Mike Tyson knocking out Michael Speet and Michael Spinks, right? That's like, right. Uh, like that's seconds. exactly <laughs> right. That's ex- that's exactly right. I mean, I was not to be mean, but I was hoping maybe an ear chew or something might happen. You know, I mean, that's that's. <laughs> Now you're bringing Ervander into it. That's correct. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, the other, the other side of what you're talking about is, is that it also looks like we're not going to get any general debate. Like, I don't think there's any reason right now to expect there to be Biden versus Trump debates. Now, I think Biden, uh, I think Trump would like them, but I don't think Biden wants to do it. And there's now precedent for their, uh, you know, Biden can turn around and say, well, Trump didn't debate any, any of the, the preliminary rounds and, um, he hasn't abated in a long time. So, you know, we may be about to go through a campaign season that's uh, missing a lot. We may not have any debates. I have no idea what to expect from the conventions at this point. I mean, at least they'll be, at least we know they'll be more lively than four years ago, because four years ago, the yeah. Democrats did it in their cars and the uh, Republicans didn't do it. That's right. And look, and what, who knows what an inauguration looks like? Maybe the inauguration is, is stripped way back down because of the partisanship and whoever prevails just gets sworn in by the Supreme Court justice uh, in a hallway someplace. Well, and, you know, that's where I, I'm sure I sound Pollyanna, but I've always liked um, inaugurations because Me too. it was the one time where you saw everybody at least put on the front. For sure. That you're, 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 you're burying the hatchet for a day or you're, right. you're going to make nice for a day and, and you see all of these lawmakers and, and decision makers and, and uh, department heads and, and politicians assemble together. And when, when you, I mean, the, the 2016 convention where, you know, Trump didn't know, we didn't know what we had with Trump yet, but that was when, you know, all the old guard of the Republican Party decided to stay home. That's there correct. Was an element of sadness to that because you didn't feel like everybody was there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the inauguration takes that a step further. Um, I, I have no reason to believe that um, we may ever see it like it once was, or at least we may have to get so far removed from the current scene that, uh, you know, it's, it's the new generation by virtue of the fact that everybody's gotten older or died out. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And what we end up with is real housewives of January 20th. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, that's... Or, or you get far, farther enough down the road that people don't remember no! the era. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. That's right. There was. I think I think in history, wasn't there like the the, the era of good feelings or whatever it was called? I think that was a thing. Um, I mean, it, there's a big difference between, uh, you know, wanting everybody to get along. I'm, that's not what you Just be civil. I mean, we're, just, yeah. we're just talking about, right. you know, there was a time in politics where Republicans and Democrats could coexist mm-hmm. and everything... Everything didn't have to be partisan, and um, I, I love politics as much as you do. But there are days when, oh, yeah. um, you know, I'll randomly pick up the phone in that studio. You know, if our screeners left the room for a minute or something, uh-huh. and some some of the things that that I hear on the other end of the line, I want to say, "Whoa, take a breath." You know, uh, everything you're, you're, is everything is not politics. I love politics, but everything is not politics. It's not. It's not. Okay. Uh, quickly, I have a question for you. Um, so we're starting to get the uh, the ley lines of what. Uh, the legalized gambling picture will look like in North Carolina. Are you enthusiastic about this? Are you neutral about this? Are you uh, opposed to this? What, what are you thinking about this? I'm not opposed to it at all. I mean, I think it's it's uh, inevitable. I mean, if you look at how you know gambling has. I mean, ESPN now has a, a 
a, a gambling website. I mean, it's right. uh, ESPN Bet, and you know we've watched FanDuel and some of the DraftKings kind of permeate into the, the the major sports. I mean, they've embraced them. Um, I'm not a big gambler per se, although I play fantasy football. That's sure. probably you know some people would say, oh, that's that's a form of gambling. Uh, I'm not a, against it. I, I'm not a a uh, a guy who's doing it all the time, but I certainly. Um, if that's how you want to spend your money, then more power to you. Yeah, right on. It's going to be interesting to see how this all uh, ends up rolling out, no doubt about it. Um, I know you've got, uh, what, Bob Dylan tickets you're giving away? What's going on with that? Yeah, we have Bob Dylan tickets tomorrow and Friday. It's a takeoff on our usual contest, Name That Bob or Dylan, and uh, you know different Bobs and Dylans mm-hmm. for the Bob Dylan tickets uh, coming up in March. And then we also have Scott uh, Scott Hamilton tomorrow, who is going, he's on his way now to the Nikki Haley rally in Charleston. So he's going to join us in the morning. Uh, and we were just talking about, so what's, what's Nikki Haley's move after 24 hours of, uh, of processing what happened last night? We'll get a, we'll get a window into that tonight and Scott will be there. So he'll join us, uh, at 620 tomorrow morning. So obviously everything that's going on with, uh, the campaigns going forward and, and Bob Dylan tickets to boot. Dynamite stuff. Appreciate you being there, my friend, and uh, looking forward to hearing you tomorrow and catching up with you. Yes, sir. Right back at you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be back. Let's uh, jump out and talk to Diane, who's been holding on forever. Diane, I appreciate your patience, my friend. Oh, buongiorno, Paisan. Ah, buongiorno. How are you? How are things? Good, good, good. Happy New Year. It's the first time I've spoken to you this year. Yes, Happy New Year to you as well, my friend. Well, you know, I just had to say, um, you know, I was giggling yesterday. I, I mean, my feet were in the air just listening to Nikki Haley's speech because she's, she doesn't seem to realize that the tactic she's using with this age thing Mm -hmm. is really going to hurt her. I mean, you know, she started talking about the AARP Mm -hmm. and the the mental clarity, you know, um, (laughs) test at 75. Mm -hmm. Who does she think that Donald Trump's base is? Well, (laughs) that's, that's a very important point. Yes, that's true. That's right. That's I mean, it, you know, especially it, it's one thing, you know, she was talking about the 75, but now the AARP, I mean, that's 50. I, I really think that she's not being very bright here. Yeah, it, she's 52. I mean, she's 52 years old. She's, she's AARP material, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I really think that if she's trying to get, mm-hmm. you know, what will happen is they're only going to dig their heels in more. To protect him. That's right. That's right. Now, 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 here's what's interesting. When, when you look at the other side of the card, okay, I'm wondering, I have a suspicion of, about something, and, I, and, and you and I are good, are good enough friends that I think I can share this with you on the radio. I think you can, yeah. I, I think, I think that a, a lot of misfortune has been avoided by the current president of the United States because of the intercession of the other president of the United States, meaning Barack Obama. And I think Ah. Barack Obama has had it about up to here with Joe. And I'm wondering if, if he doesn't tell people like to stand down, to quietly stand down in this regard, 
take make make America take their medicine from his perspective uh, with 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 Donald Trump coming back uh, in and uh, breaking the norms and all that kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah. And then and then and then uh, he will he will be able to pick a, a an appropriate successor in the 28th cycle. I, I, I feel like he may do Joe Biden in because it sounds like well, they're on the outs. Yeah, I, I w- that's a very good point. I wouldn't say you're wrong. But just another point also, I mean, during the news uh, that I was listening to while I was on hold, Donald Trump, uh, uh, his base and the majority of his voters would love to see a rematch mm-hmm. between him and Joe Biden. Yes. So... I think all these points that she's going around trying to make and sort of, you know, this ha ha ha, you know, <laughs> I, I just think that it's it's not going to help her. No, I, I don't think it is. I, I don't think it is either. Um, if she was closer in 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 the in the results, right, because it was like 11, 12 points, 15 points, whatever it was last night. If it was like, say, three, four, five points. I could see her saying, okay, I'm going to continue this. I don't care. I'm going to see what happens. Right. Um, but you're down 14, and we all know, because the reports came out the, early this morning, that a bunch of Democrats drove up to drove up to, to New Hampshire so that they could vote against Trump and that they have no intention of supporting Nikki Haley uh, once you get, into the, once you get into, the, into the general, which is, I know you just got played. I mean, I, if I'm her, I'd be pretty mad. I would have been getting on TV saying, "Don't do not come up here, and 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 do a Fugazi uh, ballot for me because I want to win this thing fair and square." I know. It's, you know, she she uh, retorts herself to be like a tough cookie. Yes. But yet she she just doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I was I was giggling. That so is, I just wanted to share. Well, I, I appreciate you calling, my friend, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you uh, yes. uh, at, at some other point. I really appreciate you being here. Well, you know, uh, just keep doing what you're doing and uh, stay dry today, my friend. <laughs> I will. I will. Thanks, Diane. Okay. All the Bye-bye. best to you. Bye-bye. That's Diane. One, one, of the great, one of the great listeners. And you know what? We went to Italy together. So, you know, she's, she, 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 she saw the Brett... Away from the microphone, because I didn't. I, I didn't. Somebody asked me this: did, did, did I walk around when we go with the listeners? Do I walk around with a microphone with pocket me? Hold on, oh, like a pocket microphone. I, I don't. I, I don't bring the microphone with me. Pad and paper. I, pad, 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 no, pad and paper. Yes. But the kind of pad and paper where you you can write and then you can lift it up and the the words go away. Oh yeah. You know, one of those things. Yeah. Etch a sketch or whatever it is. Was it an etch a sketch? Is it a magna doodle? No, What's wrong with you? Are you okay today? Like you sound like you sound like you really you sound like you're you're befit or something. I, I don't know. Hey, this is what was it that he said? What did Biden say? He said he said don't mess with the women because you're gonna get in it or you're gonna get it. Was that what he said? Don't mess with the women or you're gonna end up with the benefit. That's what he said. The benefit. What does that mean? It's code. Is it is jibber jabber? Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. (laughs) 
It is the Brent Winterville Show, 704-570-1110 is our telephone number. Oh my gosh, go figure this one. Do you remember how many experts said that the laptop from uh, Hunter Biden was fake? Do anybody remember what the number of the people were? They had a number of people who wrote out uh, an assertion as to how many of these uh, these CIA guys, etc., knew that the Hunter Biden laptop was a fake. That's what they were saying. They said, what? 51. They got 51 people, 51 people to come out and say, oh, the Hunter Biden laptops. No, there's nothing to do to it. That's Russian disinformation. Well, coming on the heels of that, how about this? Because now we know that that laptop was totally real. China doesn't have the military power to successfully invade Taiwan. The majority of 52 U.S. experts say in a survey. A think tank surveyed 52 U.S. experts. I bet it's the same experts. 52 U.S. experts on whether they thought China could successfully invade Taiwan. Only 27% said that they thought Taiwan could be uh, uh, taken out by Beijing uh, after a successful amphibious assault. Their belief was that the United States would intervene in an invasion, and that may have led to their answers. This is nonsense. Joe Biden has already said that he's not going to intervene on Taiwan. How do we know he's not going to intervene on Taiwan? He didn't intervene for the United States with the China balloon. He's going to go help Taiwan. He wouldn't help Montana, Anchorage, Alaska, Washington State. He, He wouldn't. He would not. He would not. He wouldn't do it. So we're supposed to believe, oh, you know, I'm going to I'm really going to show she who's boss. No, you're not. You're not showing anybody who's boss. Except Barack Obama, because he's your boss. Anyways, that, that, that's it. That's I mean, this is this is crazy. Fifty two people. What? They have a phrase for this. OK, it's called whistling Across from the graveyard. Oh, everything's great. Nothing's going to happen to me. Everything's really good. I'm whistling by the graveyard. Here we go. (whistles) Everything's going to be cool. And then they come out here with these experts and they say, well, you know, a new survey of leading experts from the United States and Taiwan casts doubt on China's ability to invade Taiwan with its current military strength. We were run out of Afghanistan by the Taliban. By the Taliban. Taliban. Right? That means the Taliban's 2-0 and against the Russians and the United States. And both of those events happened while Jimmy Carter, a Democrat, and Joe Biden, a Democrat, were at the helm. What makes anybody think that we're going to have the ability, especially given the fact that we are stretched across the world, What happens if Kim Jong-un decides he wants to start shooting rockets into South Korea? You can can look this up if you don't believe it. If you have any doubts, you can look this up. There was a story very early this morning, and I mean very early this morning, because I get up so early, it's actually late, okay, for people. And so I was watching this story. Kim Jong-un ordered the tearing down of basically like a peace pavilion between North Korea and South Korea. He ordered it torn down on his side of the border. People are looking at that and they're saying, 
maybe this guy's going to jump off. Maybe this guy's going to do something with South Korea. Holy cow. So what happens if China decides, eh, we're going to grab Taiwan? And then Kim Jong-un says, eh, we're going to grab North, we're going to grab South Korea. You think we've got that kind of manpower? We don't have that kind of manpower. To borrow a phrase from the Godfather, you ain't got that kind of muscle. I mean, that's a problem. Who's going to help us? Who's going to help? Malaysia? The Philippines? Australia? A dingo ate my baby. I mean, what, what are you talking about? You better go find Paul. That's a knife. You better go get him. You're going to need him to fight him off. I mean, this is what we're talking about here. And then you throw in the complicating factor of what could be going on with the Iranians, what could be going on with Hezbollah, what could be happening with Hamas. Uh, all these organizations, including the Houthis, spelled W-H-O-T-H-E-E-Z. I mean, this is the thing. So when these experts come out and go, ah, it's not likely that they would be able to stop us. What are you, what are you saying? It's like a dare. That's the problem. We have, I got to say the word, I'm sorry. Don't dump this. Do not dump the word I'm about to say. It's a controversial word. It's a, it's a controversial word. People get offended when I use it. TJ knows I'm about to deploy it in three, two, one. This is what happens when you have tinkerers. These are tinkerers. These are not people serious about defending the United States of America. They don't understand that the world is governed, as Rush used to always say, by the aggressive use of force. This is a problem. And when I see the experts, the pointy heads from the CIA, et cetera, et cetera, the very same people who lied about the laptop and lied about the Russian collusion, and lied uh, about everything in between, including the unmasking, I don't have much confidence in these people. Why? T-I-N-K-E-R-E-R-S. Tinkerers. That's what they want to do. You remember Brinton? Remember the person that got arrested stealing clothing at the airport was in charge of the nuclear secrets that character tinkerers news talk 1110 wbt brett witterable show let's uh grab a call from craig hey craig welcome to the show what's on your mind hey how you doing brett Good i'm well thanks again um i heard you mention about you know uh, North Korea decides to go into South Korea. We need to be ready. I don't get why. They're they're far more richer than North Korea. Yes. They're far more advanced. They should be able to have an army three times the size of North Korea and should be able to smack them like a fly should they try to cross that border. I don't get where we fit into this equation. What do we gain out of it? I didn't look, nothing. I mean, other than we were the insurance policy since the 1950s, uh, you know, we, we we don't necessarily get a lot. They are a, they're a reliable ally for us. I mean, I think they function as a tripwire, sort of how Western, you know, West Germany did uh, during the Cold War. But uh, I look, I, I understand what you're saying. And I, as far as I'm concerned, every one of these countries, so Japan, um, uh, South Korea, they should have nuclear weapons programs. That's the way you deter. That's how we deter. Why can't they? They're, they're, they're responsible actors. I mean, I would trust them with nukes. I would. Yeah. It, it, we our, our greatest mistake was ever allowing nuclear technology to proliferate. 
once we got nukes, we should have said, that's it. We'll have them. Anybody else who wants to build them, you're going to get nuked. We're the only ones with them, and yeah. you will not. Well, unfortunately, you, we had filthy Soviet spies in our program that stole the tech and, 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 and gave it to the Russians. And that, that's, that's, the, that's the grand shame of all of them. We should have never let them get away with it. They should have said, hey, if you steal it, you're going to end up on the receiving end of one. Yeah, right. I, look, before you ever get enough to make a dent in us. In fact, here's what I would do. Here's what I, I would say. I would say if I if I if I were advising Trump, I'd say here's what you need to do, Mr. President. Um, we need to put a ring of 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 nuclear armed countries around China. We need to give them the encirclement treatment like we did with the Soviets. We broke the Soviets by having an encirclement strategy where you basically had from from West Germany all the way down and around. And the whole reason why we were in the Middle East was because we were trying to counter the Soviets. And we had them hemmed in. We had them hemmed in. They Could they have done a breakout? Sure. But they were going to get hammered. And we should be doing that with China. I have no doubt about that at all. And we ought to go down into South America and, and throw the, the Chai Coms and the Iranians out of the hemisphere and say, get, get out. I mean, that's it. But we, we, we don't have people who are, um, who are strong-willed, unfortunately. I think they are well aware and working with China behind the scenes. Of course they are. Uh, they, 100%. Them, and, them and their families are enriched by it. Yeah, very pod. Well, you know, they're they're looking into that right now, aren't they? The big guy. And they're not looking into it. They're just making a spectacle. Ah, very, very truthful uh, analysis there, Craig. I appreciate you being Thank you. Thanks, man. Uh, Terry. Terry, where you been, Terry? It's been a while. I have been listening to you, Brett. I appreciate that. I told you I don't call in as much as I used to. That's okay. But I always listen to you. I, I, I feel... I do call in Pete Callender once in a while, though. Oh, you call Pete Callender. Oh. Traitor. Oh, man. I've already called uh, uh, two times in the last oh. Oh. two weeks. <laughs> don't worry, you're not going to kill. You're not killing the show. You're okay. You're safe. Hey, but I don't. I don't sing. I don't sing on his show like I do yours. Oh, okay. You that's you got to save that for us. Uh, this audience, yeah, we we have you under. Uh, we're like the MCA man. We have you under contract. <laughs> well, I don't have a song. Um, I have one little joke that I heard the other day, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, tell that one. But I have a comment. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, the Bidens, you know, they're so corrupt and hot when the snow falls around their neighborhood, the yard is always clear, and the benefits of women today maybe be his downfall. Wow. He might be thinking about going back on his statement where, you know, I, I'm sure I knew what he was talking about with the women and uh, Iran and Iraq and and everything, yeah. but no, I think I think it might be his downfall. Well, we will see what happens. I appreciate you uh, calling in today, my friend. It's it's good to hear from you. Well, it's good to speak to you again, also. Uh, oh, and if I ever meet you, you don't have to bring a microphone. I'm not going to sing. I wait. wait so I'll wait. Talk to you just well, like a regular person. Hold on, hold on. So we've never met each other, then, have we? No, we haven't. No. I was going to come down uh, for the last week to yeah, yes. Uh, Monroe. Yes, sir. But I had a dentist appointment, and I didn't know y'all was going to be in Monroe. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Well, well, we 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 will be see, we will be at other locations at some point, and uh, you're always welcome to uh, to come and say hello to us because uh, we 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 like okay, we Brett, like you. You're the best, buddy. Hey, you are too, man. Thank you very much. That's uh that's Terry. That was Terry. I thought we were going to get a joke or a song. 
I thought he wanted to keep it under wraps. Well, here's why. Here's why you don't want to. Here's why you don't want to tell a joke on the radio. Everybody gets to use it now. If you have that joke and it's a really good joke, that's that's something. Well, and he's mastered leaving him one more. Very good. That's a. Well, then what are we supposed to do? I can't go back and get him. He left. You're going to Google the joke that he was going to tell, and you're just going to assume that he did it? Yeah, sure. Wow. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. You know, Teddy Roosevelt had a very famous quote about politics in Washington, D.C. And here's what he said. When they call the roll in the Senate, the senators do not know whether to answer present or not guilty. That, that is Teddy, man. That is Teddy right there. Abraham Lincoln famously said, if I were two-faced, would I be wearing this one? Then, of course, Lyndon Johnson. LBJ, did you ever think that making a speech on economics is a lot like peeing down your leg? It seems hot to you, but it never does to anyone else. That is typical Lyndon Baines Johnson. If you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go Google on the YouTube and listen to his conversation with his tailor. 704-570-1110, News Talk 1110, 99.3 Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show, 704-570-1110. Good to be with you. Taking your phone calls all the way up until we get to the coaches show. Uh, later on this hour, our telephone number again, 704-570-1110. Taking a look at some of the uh, news stories uh, th- that are out there. Um, y- you just never can tell if someone's going to do something a little bit on the uh, uh, on the outside. What do I mean by that? Well, The Democrat Socialists of America, perhaps you're familiar with them. That's the organization that you oftentimes see uh, AOC supporting. The Democrat Socialists of America, Um, such bright promise in this socialist organization, right? That's what we hear. Well, a Marxist caucus of the country's largest socialist organization, the Democratic Socialists of America, DSA, have accused top leaders of mismanaging funds, leaving the organization in a dire financial crisis and facing layoffs. The left-wing group, which counts the squad members, including... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib among their ranks, they are facing a huge deficit and a lot of talk about what to cut. According to a trio of members of an organization called Bread and Roses, 
National Caucus of Marxist Organizers within the DSA. The socialist organization, which played a major role in pushing the Green New Deal into the highest reaches of the Democratic Party, is in a seven-figure hole. So that's more than a million dollars. That is probably too big to fundraise our way out of, says the three socialist activists lamenting in a post on January the 18th on The Call, a publication of the Bread and Roses. The trio complained that the financial crisis, as some members of the DSA's National Political Committee described the situation in a proposal to cut staff. You, you, you can't fire staff. How's a socialist organization supposed to function without staff? You got to make the protest signs. You got to go out there and buy the Antifa gear. You got to you, you got to you got to do all that stuff. You got to make the signs for Hamas. I mean, you got to go. You got a lot of jobs there. You can't just be sitting in your garage or in your living room or your dorm room with a with a jar of paint. Uh, you know, and from the river to the sea, uh, you know, capitalism bad, socialism good, uh, kleptocrats uh, bad, all that kind of stuff. Well, it comes at a particularly bad time. They believe the opportunity is now ripe in this country to foist socialism on the American people. They're going to come to your house. They're going to ring your bell and they're going to say, you are now a socialist and you're going to say, get off my lawn. The American people, due to a revival of the labor struggles and the Biden administration's support for Israel and its war against Hamas. Ideally, the organization would be scaling up our operations to meet this moment, hiring fellow capable comrades who are excited to be paid to spend every working day thinking about how to get us closer to socialism. Come on, guys. Join me tonight. Join me tonight. We'll meet up at a location. Let's all go sign up to get some free money from the socialists. We don't have to have any really good ideas. We can have a couple of good ideas. How about, I got an idea. Okay, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My name is uh, Comrade BW. I'm Comrade BW, and I have an idea. How, what do you say we raffle off a Che t-shirt? Raffle off a, a Che t-shirt and a red beret. We could do this. Yeah, I'm Comrade. I'm Comrade Brett. Now, listen, if you're going to call the show for this hour, you've got to refer to me as Comrade Brett. You have to call the phone, 704-570-1110, and just say, Comrade Brett, it is good to be part of your organization. I'm not a, I'm not a socialist. I'm not a Democrat socialist. I'm not any of that kind of stuff. But I will be Comrade Brett because we're going to go and try to help them to, uh, to revitalize things. Have you guys thought about maybe... Looting. Like all the all the communists loot. The communists are notorious looters. They will get out there and they will loot, loot, loot till till you drop. They'll steal the underwear. They'll steal the Capri Sun drink pouches. They, 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 they really they don't care. They'll they'll go, you know, they'll go right into a Dollar General store or a Dollar Tree store. They, they'll go. They'll go do all. They take all that candy in the little boxes that they sell for like a dollar. Used to be a dollar. Now it's a dollar thirty. Because the capitalists are gouging. Come on now. 
Tony, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Tony? Hey, buddy. I don't know if you remember me. I was the guy who uh, went to Argentina. Of course I, re- I know you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nice, nice talking to you, my brother. Uh, re- really quick, uh, you know, you, you hit it right on the nail. Uh, the same thing happened in, in Argentina. They were having people on the buses to go and do strike in the street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and everybody go like, poor people, you know, they're not making no money. They don't, you know, they, they, they're suffering. Come to find out that, you know, the, the socialist communists were paying these people uh, uh, money, food, wow. to go on the street. Wow. Um, so so, so you, you think about it, right? We all complaining about the economy in Buenos Aires, Argentina is bad. Yes. The, the inflation is high. Uh, nobody want to work. Nobody wants so to work. Got these people promise you we take care of the poor because we love the poor. Yeah, because the poor make you rich. That's right. Uh, and they're all driving brand new cars, mm-hmm. private jet, and here are the poor people in the street. That mm-hmm. you think they're poor? They're not poor. They're getting paid. That's true. If, if you don't, if you don't go strike, you don't get paid. So you tell me about mm-hmm. how horrible it is, man. Listen, God bless America, bro. Hopefully, people wake up. Amen. Especially my people, Latino. And realize that they, they, they sell you smoke. Mm-hmm. You know when you cook a barbecue? Yes, sir. You smell it really good? Yes, sir. And then it disappears? Yep. That's what they sell you, brother. That's exactly. That's a great analogy. Holy cow, Tony, that's a great analogy. Hey, by the way, I want to say something. Malay stuck it to those guys last week, man. That was something to see. I'll tell you that right now. He, he, he showed them who was boss at, at, uh, at, at the World Economic Forum. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Listen, he is a guy with a lot of cojones. <laughs> and, 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 and God will, hopefully, right, praying God that the Argentina come back to be the country it was, man. It's a beautiful That's country. Right. A lot of Italians, mm-hmm. German, mm-hmm. Jewish, you name it. Multi-pop, uh, beautiful country. So, hey, keep doing your job, man. Love you, bro. Hey, I, I appreciate it, man. Viva Argentina and Viva America, man. Way to go. Absolutely. This is what we got to do. We got to do. Look, they pay people to protest. They pay people to lay down in the street and act like they're poor. You know what you do? You get a J-O-B, a job. That's what Joe Biden would say. Newstalk 1110, 99.3 WBT. And give me 10%. Newstalk 1110, 99.3 WBT. All right, I'm going to call it. I'm going to make a prediction as to when I think Nikki Haley gets out of the race. I think it is... Super Tuesday. I think Super Tuesday is what does her in, and uh, she then walks off the line, and you end up with what will be Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Now, maybe you think I'm wrong. Maybe you think I'm nuts. That's okay. 704-570-1110. And we're certainly taking your thoughts, your comments, your concerns uh, about what you saw take place last night in New Hampshire. I, I just I wasn't surprised by any of what happened in New Hampshire last night. I, it kind of went the way we thought it was going to go. Um, no, I'm not going to quote Dennis Green. 704-570-1110. All right, the CBO, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, has released a report on illegal migrants coming into the United States. The CBO reports that under Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., The administration has released 6.2 million illegal migrants into the United States in three years using the parole loophole. President Joe Biden 
and his deputies have let 6.2 million illegal migrants into the United States. More of those people are also being released into the United States than previously generally thought through the use of parole authority or with a notice to appear before an immigration judge. The 2023 inflow included 900,000 migrants who walked up and were instantly released after they walked up to official border gates, plus 1.1 million migrants who were released after they crossed through the gaps in the border wall, said the CBO. Roughly half of those migrants, 1.1 million, were let into the country by October 1st via Joe Biden's parole loophole that he uses to continue to send more people into the country. The 2023 inflow also included 860,000 gotaways and 430,000 people who remained in the United States long after their visas had expired. What happens if you stay in a hotel and you don't leave the hotel room? They, they evict you and then they call the cops. But we don't do that with people who come into the country in an unauthorized fashion. Fox, welcome to the program. Hey, buddy. Uh, Nikki, yeah, you, you stole my thunder there. Nikki Haley will be out after Super Tuesday. That's 100% correct. Yep. Um, she can't win. So, but, but anyway, how can anybody run for the for the program for the presidency and say we shouldn't so show disrespect to illegal aliens they're people too it's got the word illegal in it <laughs> right 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 that, that is that is accurate yes that is correct all right thanks man i i guess i guess that that was what he wanted to say the cbo does not include hundreds of thousands of migrants released since october 1st So we can't go back to like October 1st and find out how many people came in. The report notes that the CBO estimates that on net, the number of people immigrating to the United States was 1.2 million in 2021. COVID was still raging, by the way. 2.7 million in 2022. COVID was still raging. So Biden's three years of inflows are this. Year one, he brings in 1.2 million illegals. Year two, he brings in 2.7 million illegals. Year three, he brings in 3.3 million illegals. Up to October, add up to 6.2 million illegal immigrants. But that's not really the number. The number is much closer to 10 million that have come in. Where are they living? Where are the houses? Where are they getting jobs? How are they getting paid? Are they paying their taxes? Are they sending kids to school? Are they paying taxes to support the schools? How does this all function? How does this all work? It doesn't matter because you have an administration in Washington, D.C. that's about retribution for the way you voted in 2016 and in 2020. You have to understand that. You have to understand. Why does Joe Biden not go to East Palestine, Ohio? Because he hates those people. He does. MAGA is hated. And anybody who's MAGA adjacent is hated by the elites in Washington, D.C. My gosh, if you want to see just loony kazoony bonkers television uh, put on morning joe uh tomorrow morning at, at six or seven a.m whenever time you're getting ready to go to work and, and watch the the weird 
goofy takes that they have on that channel. I mean, trust me, trust me, Foxy Friends is is a little tedious with, with some of those people that participate. I don't understand why we have to go to diners. I don't understand why we have to have voter um, the, the voter panels in the diner while while we're watching Steve Ducey, you know, sling hash. I mean, like, I don't understand what what this is. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a news first guy. Like, I want news and information. That's why I listen to WBT. But when you watch these cable shows in the morning, I mean, CNN is just it's just un godly unwatchable it is horrifying these shows are going to give you what you want so if you're a hardened leftist socialist you watch morning joe if you are a moderate leftist socialist you watch cnn if you want an amen chorus that's going to validate everything that they tell you that everything you believe then you watch the Foxy Friends. I mean, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't dislike anybody who's on these shows, but they need to tighten these things up and put more content in. Because I don't need to know how to wrap a fish for Christmas. Like, I, I don't need to know how to do that. I, I don't need to, you know, get a trowel and get snow off my shoe. I, I, what I need to know is, what are the Russians doing? What, what are the Chicoms doing? What is North Korea doing? What are the cartels doing? This is what I need. I don't need a voter panel where I can look at the voter panel and I can say person by person how they're going to vote based on the way they're reacting in the room. And you know how they're going to vote? The same. 704-570-1110. I mean, it's just nuts. It's, it's just nuts. I mean, it's just wacky. So coming up here in just a couple of minutes... It's okay. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, um, Abbott is doubling down on Texas's right to defend itself and enforce the border. I'm going to get you details on that straight ahead. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993 WBT, Brett Witterbull Show. So as you know, the Supreme Court ruled against the state of Texas in their uh, lawsuit regarding the razor wire that is being used to protect the uh, sovereignty of the state of Texas down around Eagle Pass. Abbott is now doubling down on Texas's right to defend itself and enforce the border. As President Biden escalates the federal government assault on Texas and the Lone Star State efforts to secure its border with Mexico after the Biden administration abdicated their responsibilities. Governor Greg Abbott is doubling down on his efforts to enforce the international border and reminding Biden that doing so is within Texas's constitutionally protected rights. Reiterating that President Biden has broken the compact between the United States and the states, Abbott says in a fiery and justifiably defiant statement that, quote, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton and the other visionaries who wrote the Constitution foresaw that states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president who does nothing to stop external threats like cartels smuggling millions of illegal immigrants across the border. The current border crisis caused willfully by Joe Biden and Ron Klain. Abbott continues, 
is why the framers included both Article 4, subsection 4, which promises that the federal government shall protect each state against invasion, and Article 1, subsection 10, clause 3, which acknowledges the state's sovereign interest in, pro- in protecting their borders. Biden's failure to uphold the federal government's constitutional obligation to protect Texas against invasion has triggered the sovereign interest in protecting its border with Mexico, Abbott explains, which reserves the right of the state to use self-defense. Joe Biden, true to his roots, the Confederacy, he celebrated the Confederates, He celebrated the segregationists. He was friends with all of those people in Delaware. He's talked about it extensively. The the Grand Kleagle of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, Robert Byrd, all that sort of stuff. He was open about that. He talked about that. He talked about the racial jungle. He says things like um, that the kids that are out there are just as smart as white kids. Black kids are as smart as white kids. That's, that's the sort of stuff that he was saying out there on the stump. He is, he, is, he is trying to take us back, and he keeps talking about this. He's got this fetish of talking about 1864, 1863, 1862, 1861. He keeps focusing on that. He cannot... He cannot govern this country because he despises a third of it, maybe a half of this country. Look at his look at his statements. Now, I understand that he was upset about January 6th. I understand that he was upset, but he may not have gotten the memo that you're the president of all the people, even the people you hate, Mr. President. You're the president of the people that you that you hate as well. Not just the people you like, not just Dylan Mulvaney and Hunter Biden, Kevin Morris, Abby Lowell, Kamala Harris. You you you're not just you're not just president of those people. You're president of the people you hate, whether you like that or not. And if you don't like those people, if you hate those people so much, you should give up the, the, the mantle of the presidency. Same thing with Donald Trump. You're the president of everybody. You're the president of AOC. You're the president of, of Gavin Newsom. You're the president of crazy Southern California. I mean, you're the president of everybody. You may not like it. If you don't like it and you don't think you can do the job, go do something else. But time and time again, Joe Biden invokes the notion of the Civil War. And I understand why. He was, he was a junior in high school when the Civil War broke out in the 1860s. I understand that. He's a very aged man. But the fact of the matter is, you have got to defend Texas. What if Texas decides to secede? Like, what if Texas says, you know what? We're gonna we're we're not gonna we're not gonna play ball anymore with this. We're gonna protect our own state. We're gonna do what we want. We're gonna put we're gonna put tariffs on neighboring states that want to trade. We're not gonna honor flights from California into Texas. I mean, they could you could you could push people only so far. I don't want to see that happen. I grew up in Texas. Texas is a great state. Joe Biden went one time 
to, to a sanitized part of the border in West Texas and El Paso. A tiny little sliver that they clean, they steam cleaned the streets. There were no migrants to be seen at all because he shot his mouth off about having gone down to Texas. He's never gone down to, to the border areas in Texas. He's never been to Eagle Pass. He's never been to Del Rio. He's never been to Laredo. He's never been down to any of those places. Falcon Lake? He's never been down there. Van Horn? Fort Stockton? I mean, come on. He he doesn't even know what the border looks like down there. He's never seen it, except it's 45,000 feet when he's flying to go go past the hat uh, in Silicon Valley. He doesn't, he doesn't care for those people. He doesn't care for those ranchers. And, and the interesting thing is, and this is the thing that's often overlooked, you have people in the state of Texas who are of Mexican heritage, who have been there since the days before Santa Ana, who, who have been there, their families have been there since the 1700s when Joe Biden's family was still in Ireland. These are people that are ranchers and farmers and have done it for seven, eight, nine generations, ten generations of people. And he just lets the cartels come in and defile their land, kill people, leave bodies on their property, leave garbage on their property. Where's the pride? I understand you hate Texas, Mr. President. I understand you despise the state of Texas. But can you love America a little more? Can you love America a little more? America didn't kill your, your son. America didn't make your other son become a drug addict. You should stop holding it against the people of America and take responsibility for, for the challenges in your own life. And at a minimum, you should be willing to represent those that even you hate. Because that's the job. That's wicked good music. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WVT, Brent Winterville Show. All right. I got a, uh, I got a radical idea. I got a radical idea. If you want to weigh in on this, I'd be very happy to hear from you. So how is it, how is it that you can get uh, Governor Abbott to kind of get even with the federal government for what they've done? Because I firmly believe that this has, been, this has been years in the making. This has been years in the making to stick it to the state of Texas. Because um, everybody in D.C. loves some California. And they love New York. And they love Chicago. They hate the state of Texas. They despise the state of Texas. Uh, Guns, um, uh, freedom, uh, low taxes, high property taxes, but low income taxes. Um, People are are, are coming in in, at massive numbers. And I couldn't figure out why it was that Joe Biden wanted to totally stick it to the governor. And then I remembered what happened. Do you remember when they sent Kamala Harris down to campaign in 2020 in the state of Texas and a whole bunch of people were caravanning uh, and and driving all kinds of crazy ways around the bus that had Kamala Harris on it? Um, 
I, I think at that moment, Joe Biden decided it, it was going to be a, a bullseye on the state of Texas and anything he could do to harm the state of Texas. Remember, he, he, he made fun of the state of Texas for for losing power and the stupid windmill stuff. I mean, you can you can go down a big list of how the, the libs, but especially this administration despises the people of the state of Texas. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you something right now. I have a way that could put the fear of God into the administration in D.C., and I'm debating whether or not to say it, but I think I am going to say it, and I'm going to recommend it. Um, there's a constituency of people that listen to this show, and there's a constituency of people around this country that have had it about to hear. And when I say about to hear, that's at my neck height plus 15 feet. Okay, people have had it with the overreach of the federal government, and I know I know, I hear you, I, I, I see you, I meet you when I go out and do events. People talk to me about this. Here's what I think Greg Abbott should do, because it would make, it would make the president and the vice president lose their marbles. One of them might find some marbles, but anyways, uh, lose their marbles. Just us, right? We're just talking here? It's just us? Greg Abbott needs to convene an Article 5 convention of states in the state of Texas and invite all of the states that have been harmed by Joe Biden's immigration policy. And that's pretty much every state because the immigration policy that Joe Biden has been supporting isn't just about human trafficking and, and, and bringing people in. It's not about just about cartel people murdering people on the streets because they're, they're driving in these vehicles that are way too dangerous. It's fentanyl, and that's chemical warfare. Greg Abbott should call for an Article 5 convention of states to take place in the state of Texas the week after the Democrat convention that takes place in Chicago. And he should invite the leaders out of those states to come in and to propose a way to permanently fix the problem as it relates to the border security picture. You cannot count on your senators. You cannot count on your congressmen. They won't do the work. They're either too lazy, they don't take it seriously, they live in D.C., whatever it is. An Article 5 Convention of States should take place the week after the convention in Chicago. And you should bring people in. You've got time to plan it. You've got time to put it together. You should even do it. You should show some of the planning, planning meetings that you want to do. And, and bring, bring McMaster in. Uh, bring bring the people who are sick and tired of seeing trafficking into these states. This is hugely important. And if you did that, you would get the attention of the federal government very quickly. You would upstage. Now, you got to keep it peaceful. It's a debating. It's a discussion. It's all that sort of stuff. I have no doubt that that would be fine. But you've got to be able to show that you have answers for this. I mean, I know there's a lot of COSs around the country. Those are the conventions of states groups. Uh, I, they're, they're spread out all over the country. Well, this is the time to kind of run a drill. Run a drill and see what it would look like. 
come up with some ideas. But what you're going to have to do is police it so you don't end up with like crazy, wacky, tangential things. It should be focused specifically on the border situation. And as I said, that's transnational crime, that's human smuggling, and that is that is chemical weapons being deployed against American citizens. And and this 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 is this is probably the way you'll get the attention that you want to get. CNN and MSNBC will ignore you. They'll say you're a bunch of militias and 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 you're a bunch of bad people like that. But the American people will see that you're actually trying to do something from a gubernatorial standpoint. Bringing in the governors, uh, bringing in the participants. And, and I'm telling you, folks, that's a that's a, that's a win. But what if what if Donald Trump wins the election? You're going to hand him a whole bunch of proposals that will probably adopt. Like this is not about warfare. This is about this is about debate, discussion and ideas. Why, why do the people in Washington, D.C. have all the good ideas? They don't have the good ideas. They, they don't even go around the rest of the country. They don't know what the challenges are. You, you think you think they know you think these people in D.C. know what the challenges are in Idaho and Washington State and, and Montana and, and Wyoming. And let me tell you who you should definitely invite to the convention of states. I'm going to tell you who it is. The sovereign tribal nations in this country. Bring them into the table bring them in the people who are having to live on the front lines in many of these fights and new mexico is majority new mexico is a, 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 a majority um state that has a huge population so does arizona so, so does um the 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 Western states themselves as well. This is a huge opportunity. And I think if you want to if you want to show the world that you're serious about border security, you, you don't need to worry about yelling at that goofball Mayorkas or anything else like that. You've got to show that you're going to churn out and you've got to show that you're going to show out and that you're operating from the position that the founders left us with in the Constitution itself. Article 5, Convention of States, should be done in Texas, coming up the week after Joe Biden does his convention. Because you will provide a debating pathway that absolutely has to be considered. Because Joe Biden has taken his position. He's hostile to people who are concerned about this matter. He is um, unwilling to take the action he needs to take other than demanding that you give him six billion dollars for Lord knows what. This this is an important this is an important what this is a watershed moment. Where you can actually get in there and show a result. Will they be ratified? I don't know. But maybe it's time to unwrap it. Break the seal see what happens thanks to uh, isaac and tj anna and pam and tommy i am brett witterbull coming up we've got the uh, coaches show uh, coming up it's going to be a phenomenal program you're going to want to stay tuned to that we are uh, going to be back again tomorrow starting at three and i'm looking forward to catching up with each and every one of you i've got a big announcement i'm going to talk about tomorrow 
News Talk 1110-993. WBT, the coaches show is up next.